Do you have a fantasy basketball draft coming up soon? Check out this video where we are talking about my top 10 fantasy basketball sleepers and undervalued players. Let's go! talking about G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today we have a very big episode, a very big video and podcast for you today. I'm going to be counting today my top 10 fantasy basketball sleepers. This is for category leagues. I will be doing a separate video for points leagues later in the week. So if you have a fantasy basketball draft coming up this weekend or later this week, uh, in preparation for the NBA season tipping off next week, we're going to go through it today. I've also got a couple of honorable mentions, which we're going to kick off at the start of the show. So we are going to get stuck into it very soon. Before I do, guys, again, this is uh, the final week before the NBA season, so if you need to get your fantasy basketball research going, head over to ballboysnba.com and check out my season guide. You can check out my projections for top 250 players, my rankings for both points and category leagues, fantasy basketball articles. During the season, we're going to be doing some Q&A podcasts and also my top 250 dynasty rankings with all players uh, with comments, their strengths, weaknesses all over on there. Check it out at ballboysnba.com. But we're going to dive right into it. Let's go. We are talking top 10 sleepers before we get to number 10. These are some players that I think didn't quite make the list, but I do believe are sometimes being slept on in fantasy basketball drafts with no particular order. Honorable mentions. First up, I've got Franz Wagner, who has an uh, Yahoo ranking um, of, of 76 over on Yahoo. His, uh, I've also seen him going later than that in some drafts. He is just a kind of a guy that's a little bit more boring and I guess spread out across the board when it comes to his fantasy basketball stats. He is someone that I have a tough read on imagining how he gets better, but I think he is so talented and so... Um, good that I think there is no question that he will get better. The most likely avenue to him improving, I think, is uh, either increasing his three-point volume or getting to the free-throw line more or both, both of which will increase his scoring per game this season. And I think he's going to step it up again. And remember, he's only entering his third NBA season. So third-year breakout for Franz. I feel very good. He's got a very nice fantasy-friendly game. Next two honorable mentions are a couple of big men. Daniel Gafford, who has a Yahoo ranking outside the top 100, 102. He was dropped because of an injury that he suffered to his elbow, but he has since played a preseason game in the NBA, so that injury is not going to affect him. He is someone that, whilst I don't have a huge amount of faith in his ability, there is no other real center for competition in terms of his minutes. So he's going to block a lot of shots. He shot over 73% from the field last season. He did that in 20 minutes per game, uh, 1.3 blocks in 20 minutes per game. So that should rise up to 26 to 28, sometimes maybe even 30 minutes per game if he can stay out of foul trouble. So he has... 
really potentially top 50, top 60 upside. And if you can get him at 100, that's insane value. And the other guy who is one of my personal favorites going into the season, Jalen Duran. He is still only 19, uh, turns 20 very soon, but he is, again, the starting center for the Detroit Pistons. He has an, uh, a Yahoo uh, pre-rank at 87 which it was much later than that earlier. It started to rise up, which is why he just missed out on this list. But I do believe that he can be pretty much a Jarrett Allen type player this season. Great rebounds, great, uh, decent enough blocks, great field goal percentage. I think he has some scoring upside compared to what he saw last year. Remember, he is still very, very young. And I don't think that the Wisemans, the Bagleys, or any of those guys are going to be a threat to his minutes. I think he's going to take a big step forward in his second year in the NBA but let's go through the top 10 fantasy sleepers for 2023. Starting at number 10, John Collins. Now, John Collins is someone that I don't know if many of you will agree with this. In fact, I don't think that many fantasy analysts will also agree with this. But I am a believer in the John Collins bounce back season. I think whilst I don't expect him to return to what he was doing I think it was three seasons ago where he was a top 10 fantasy basketball player. I can easily see him returning back to what he was doing two seasons ago where he was essentially a top 50 fantasy basketball player. All it really takes for John is an increase in his usage, an increase in his rebounding rate, which we saw drop away a fair bit last season. He is going from a situation in Atlanta where he was playing alongside players like Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and a lot of other players that took a lot of shots. Now, he is now playing next to Larry Markinen, who will be still the number one guy in Utah. But outside of that, I feel like that number two spot is open. Um, you know, Jordan Clarkson is getting a little bit older. Colin Sexton is a guy that wants to take a lot of shots, but will he have the minutes to do so? There's a lot of competition in that backcourt. I think Jock Collins sets in as that starting power forward option. I think his field goal attempt rate is going to increase. That gives a better weighting to his field goal percentage, which is positive. He's an 80% from the free throw line guy. He also had, I think, a finger or a hand injury at points last season, which limited his ability to shoot the three. He's looked solid without being spectacular in the preseason games so far. And I don't think he's going to be a guy that really blows you away when it comes to his, um, you know, counting stats or popcorn stats, but he's going to be efficient. And especially if you're in a team where you're punting assists or punting steals or punting both, he's going to be a very valuable player in points, rebounds, field goal percentage. He'll get your block per game. The free throw percentage will be 80 plus percent. He'll um, hit a three or three and a half per game. And those numbers are all very solid, low turnovers. When it comes to fantasy basketball, I think he's been getting very underrated. Now, his Yahoo rank of 100 and Yahoo ADP of 103, I think is just easy, easy money. His Fantrax ADP of 85.8 seems a bit more reasonable to me. I took him around that spot in a FBI Fantasy Basketball World Cup draft, um, and I still love it, especially in a, in a situation where I was punting assists and steals. I think it's a great spot to get him. So for general, he can get found around that 100 mark, and I think it's a really good spot. He was around that last year anyway. I think he was 105th per game last season, and I think that you can see him return back to something like 16.5 points, 7 rebounds, a 3.5, a block, you know, 55, 56% from the field, 81% from the free throw line. So I like him at number 10. Let's talk number 9. It's the big Kiwi, 
Stephen Adams. Now, Stephen Adams is perennially underrated because of one thing and one thing only, his free throw percentage. His free throw percentage sucks. I am not here to debate that. And he will not rank very well when it comes to nine category rankings, but... One person, at least one person in your team will be punting free throw percentage. If it is you, you have a guaranteed sleeper at the end of your draft who will be one of the best rebounders in the NBA. If you haven't already checked out my top players who draft in fantasy basketball, I predict that Steven Adams will be in the top five in rebounds this season. He is someone that is secured in his role and his minutes in Memphis. They need him there. He sets up their defense very nicely. He also gets a decent amount of assists for a big guy. He gets you close to a steal and a block per game. Field goal percentage is really nice as well. So he is someone that when your Yahoo rank is 169, you're going at 135, 142 on uh, ADP in Fantrax. He is a guy that you can easily draft late, put him in your starting lineup, get one of the best rebounders in the game. And if you don't care about free throw percentage, he's like a top 70 player in that type of a build. So he's a little bit niche and that's why he's only at number nine. If, if you know, we all were punting turnovers, he'd be like number one on this list because he is guaranteed just awesome, awesome value for those particular teams. And even if you're not punting free throws, remember if you're in like a weekly changes league or an, even in a daily changes league, you don't necessarily have to put him out there on those busy days. You might be able to get him out, you know, every every so often. He doesn't kill you from the free throw line. He's, his volume and his attempts is not that high. So whilst it is really bad, and yes, it is really bad, it's not necessarily something that will absolutely sink you if you've got a good free throw percentage there as well. So remember, always keep an eye out for Stephen Adams, who, again, some leagues he goes undrafted, and I don't think that should be the case ever when you've got a guy who can average 11.5 rebounds per game. So he is at number nine for the top 10 sleepers. At number seven, oh, sorry, number eight. I'm skipping ahead. Devin Vassell makes the top 10 two years in a row. Now, I did a tweet the other day to say where my hits and misses were, and I include Devin Vassell as the guy that I got right last year. He was top 50 in the NBA last season before he went down with that knee injury where he had to have surgery. He did come back, but there was all sorts of, let's call it what it is, there's all sorts of bullshit going on with the San Antonio Spurs when they were trying to tank for Wemby. And look, hey, it worked out, but they've got their guy now. They've got Victor Wembanyama, and I think that that takes a lot of heat off a player like Devin Vassell, who he's gotten paid now, and I think he's one of the, um, well, outside of Wemby, who I think is legitimately the best player on the San Antonio Spurs. I think Devin Vassell is the next best guy. He does it all. He gets the defensive stats in steals. He's not a bad shot blocker when it comes to guard players. He also is someone who gives me high volume threes. I think he can crack 20 points per game this season. Percentages are nice. And I think the field goal percentage has a chance to rise when it comes to playing next to someone like Victor Wembanyama. I think the assists have an ability to rise as well. He was one of the more elite players playing in pick and roll, and I think they're going to want to do that a little bit more, especially when you've got someone like Wemby on your team. So I think Devin Vassell, his Yahoo rank has recently updated to 64. So before this, he was in the 70s, so he would have appeared higher on this list. I think he is a very easy chance to crack top 50 or top 55 value this season. His ADP on Fantrax leaves a lot of room for that to get value. His ADP is still catching up with the rank, but a lot of the times he goes in the 70s in Yahoo Draft still because he's not that sexy name just yet. So I still think that he is a very good sleeper, and he is at number eight on the top 10. 
All right, let's talk about that number seven pick. It's Jakob Pertl. Now, Jakob Pertl, again, he might have been on the list last year, or at least an honorable mention. He always seems to be um, someone who is discounted in fantasy drafts. Again, similar to Steven Adams because of his terrible free throw percentage shooting. Now, he does not get to the line nearly as much as a Steven Adams does. But, again, if you're punting free throw percentage, but even if you're not, last year he was 92nd in the NBA in terms of fantasy points. Sorry, in terms of uh, nine category rankings. But he is a player that gets you great rebounds. He gets you nearly three assists per game. He gets you a steal and over a block, 1.2, 1.3 blocks per game. Great efficiency from the field as well. He also thrived when it came to playing over in Toronto as well. He was um, lower in minutes when he was playing in San Antonio, and once he moved over to Toronto, he started dominating. He is someone that, if you compare him to other players like a Walker Kessler, a Rudy Gobert, um, he has more tricks to his game, more um, you know strings to his bow than just being a field goal percentage blocks, rebounds guy. He also has those assists and steals in his, in his toolbox. So I think that when you are comparing those kind of big guys, he's often going sort of 20, 25, 30 spots later than a lot of those guys. Whereas I think he offers more in terms of a total package. Now, he won't block as many shots as someone like a Walker Kessler. That's true. But he can still get you, you know, one and a half blocks per game with the elite field goal percentage rebounding plus a steal plus three assists per game as well. He is someone that they've talked about play, using as a bit more of a playmaker on the post. So, Yalka Pertle, don't let him slide in your draft. He is very uh, valuable despite not having the biggest name. Let's talk about number six, and it is the one and only rookie that makes this draft. Hopefully, this isn't a curse for him uh, facing last year where I had Jabari Smith as one of my top 10, and obviously that didn't go well. But Asar Thompson is the guy that I have here at number six. I've tried to include in this top 10 rankings players that I don't consider flyers, but players you can confidently draft in the top 10 rounds of your draft that should be starters on your fantasy team. And I believe that Asar Thompson is that. He's looked great on the defensive side of the court uh, for the Pistons in the preseason. His steal and block numbers are similar to what you would call um, to a Matisse Thibel. In fact, they translated better than a Matisse Thibel did when he came to the NBA. And he is a much better rebounder. He's a much better passer. And he's also better on the offensive side of the floor. Now, the percentages will be rough. He won't shoot well from the field. And his free throw percentage will be below average. Although, I don't think it's going to be on a super high volume. So, be aware. Again, probably going to have high turnovers, field goal percentage issues, and free throw percentage issues. So, he does come with a little bit of an asterisk that his nine category ranking might not be the most friendly. But... What he will do is he'll get rebounds, he'll get assists, he'll get steals, he'll get blocks. He'll chip in a little bit in the points department as well. And I think that he's going to get better and better and better as the season goes on. And by the time fantasy basketball playoffs come around, you're going to have yourself a potential fantasy beast. His minutes, I think, are going to be fine from the get-go. And if you can get him, like his rank on uh, Yahoo, 132, ADP 135, Fantrax ADP at 135. That is coming in. I would definitely be happy to reach for him and get him sort of in that 110 to 120 zone, um, especially if that's what you're looking for. So it's not the end of the world if he doesn't pan out exactly the way you would hope, but I feel more and more confident every day that he's going to be a great fantasy player for your team this year. 
Let's talk number five, top five, and it is my boy now, Evan Mobley. He is kind of the poster child for me this season in terms of my guys. He is someone that I am very high on, probably higher on than most fantasy analysts out there. I just see immense potential for a Evan Mobley who has the fantasy foundation to be a first-round player at some point in his NBA career. Now, I don't necessarily think it's going to be this season, although it could, but he took no improvement last season when it came to shot attempts per game. So I expect that the improvement and the volume comes more this season. Well, it has to come more because it didn't change at all last year. And when you start to see that, you're going to see that this player has a high offensive upside to go along with his all-NBA defensive ability. He inc- So he only took, uh, in his field goal attempt rate... 12.5 shots per game in his rookie season. He did the exact same last year. So when we see him take the floor in the third NBA season of his career, I think you can see that go closer to 14.5 to 15 attempts per game, increasing him closer to someone scoring at about 20 points. You know, Jarrett Allen is not healthy going into the season. He's had a bit of a bone bruise and... The more we see of Evan Moby playing at center, the more dominant this player is going to be. You know, if we see a player put up 20 points, 10 rebounds, you know, three and a half, four assists per game, a steal per game, 1.7, 1.8 blocks per game, shooting closer to something like 57, 58% from the field. His free throws, again, they're the anchor in his game, but there is potential for that to improve, get closer to 70%. It still will be a negative, but I don't necessarily think it's punt worthy. But if you are punting free throws or threes or both, he, to me, has a clear chance to be sort of that top 15 value. And the rare combination of getting the points, assists, steals, and blocks is very valuable, I think, in my opinion, because I'm not the biggest fan of drafting those um you know, Nick Claxton's Walker Kessler's who really limit you in those categories, whereas a player like Evan Mobley can help you in your blocks, help you in your rebounds, but still contribute to your points and assists and steals, which not a lot of other centers do. So I like him for that reason as well. Let's talk about number four. This is an interesting one, Clay Thompson. So Clay Thompson has a Yahoo rank of 95, which was recently updated about a week ago. So his Yahoo ADP at 78.1. I expect that to drop over the last week before the NBA season tips off. And his Fantrax ADP is at 90.8. So if you can get a guy who shoots 20, 22 points per game, Hits four plus threes per game. He does it relatively efficiently as well. Um, Really, really strong from the free throw line. He doesn't do a whole lot else, but, you know, four rebounds, two assists. You know, again, it's 0.7 steals, 0.4 blocks, that kind of a range. But that's really, really difficult to find later in drafts. I think he gets underrated and maybe mislabeled as like an injury-prone player. He had two Really, really devastating injuries back-to-back. So he obviously did his ACL in the finals, came back just about ready to go, did his Achilles, so he missed two full seasons. The next season that he came in, obviously very limited coming back from those terrible injuries, but last season played 69 games, and I don't think that it gets enough credit to what he did. And in those games, he played 
He had a 54-point game with 10 threes. He had several games where he scored 40-plus points. Again, multiple games with more than eight or nine threes per game. Um, He had a game where he shot 12 threes in one game versus the Houston Rockets on the uh, 24th of February. This guy has a chance any given week, and in your fantasy playoffs, if you've got a player that can go for 10 threes, 40-plus points on any given game, that is definitely someone that I'd be happy to draft well before the 90th pick or the 95th pick. I'd be happy to go uh, early on him in the 70s. Um, My rankings and projections have him more in the 60s. I'm giving him a little bit of a discount because he is uh, 33 years old. But even still, I think you've lost Jordan Poole. You've replaced him with Chris Paul. There's a lot of points difference between those two players. So Clay Thompson is going to have to pick up a bit of the slack there. They're going to rely on his scoring just like they will with Steph Curry and Andrew Wiggins and those types of players. So his usage is not going anywhere. He's still going to be one of their main offensive weapons. So I think Clay has been underrated this season and his uh, rankings and ADP reflects that. So he is at number four. Number three, again, making this list for the second year in a row. And last year, it didn't go so well. But I've got Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons at number three. And the reason he's here is because his rank and ADP is so low and he is such a good fantasy player for certain teams. Now, you don't have to be the one that drafts him. He is not for everybody. But like I said with Steven Adams, there will be someone in your fantasy basketball league that is either punting free throws, punting threes, or punting points or potentially punting two or three of those categories. And in those teams, Ben Simmons has the chance to be a top 90, top 80, maybe a top 60 player in those builds because of his unique stat set of getting rebounds, steals, assists, blocks, field goal percentage. And I think he looks healthy so far in the preseason. Now, don't get ahead of yourself and say that he's completely back. He was back in stretches last year. Remember, Ben Simmons in a minus one ranking, was only the 114th ranked player last season. So as bad as he was and how he looked in certain builds, he was still useful in some scenarios. Now, he obviously flamed out towards the end of the season and was very unhealthy. So I don't want to get too overboard. Sometimes I see him going in the 70s and 80s in some you know mock drafts I've seen on there. I think that that's starting to push a limit. But if you compare him to his average rank, and a lot of people out there are just full anti-Simmons If you are the team that is punting free throw percentage or points or threes or any combination of those, Ben Simmons is a highly, highly valuable player for your fantasy team. Don't let the lack of scoring put you off him. He can be be had for nearly for free in fantasy basketball drafts. He looks like he's going to be starting at point guard and uh, he looks healthy right now. So I think that he... If he can stay that way, will be a massive, massive steal. Touch wood, fingers crossed that I don't curse him again this season. Can you guys guess who number two and number one is? Drop your comments down below if you, if you think you can know who they are. They might be pretty obvious. Number two, Jordan Poole. Poole party himself. I have been going on and on about Jordan Poole this season. I've done a video on him in the top 25 most interesting players already. He comes in at number two because I just don't think people... Uh, they don't believe me. They're not, they're not listening to me. They're not listening to some other people that agree with me. Some people disagree with me as well. Some other smart people. So again... Just my thoughts, but he is ranked 50th on Yahoo. His ADP on uh, Yahoo is 49.2. Fantrax ADP is 49.4. So he's going in the fifth round in drafts. 
Now, I believe this player has, again, he is a guy that clearly, and I've done in the video we talked about this, when he plays as a starter versus coming off the bench, he puts up much, much better numbers. Even last season when he played as a starter, he nearly put up 25 points per game, three threes, got to the free throw line six plus times. He also gets nearly a steal per game, uh, decent enough assists, four to five assists per game. Even if we just copy and pasted those starters number to this season, there's a top 50 player. But now he's at Washington, and he did that all last year in 32 minutes as a starter. I think he's going to be playing more like 34, 35 minutes this year. There's no Steph Curry to share the court with. There's no Clay Thompson to share the court with. It's Kyle Kuzma. And I think that he's going to be getting as many shots as he needs. I'm not worried about the, non, the, the, the fact that there hasn't been an explosive game for him in the preseason. It's just preseason. I think that he is going to be a really, really valuable player. Even if you're not punting field goal percentage, I think he beats these numbers by at least a round. If you are punting field goal percentage, he is basically a top 25 player. And remember, I've talked about this at nauseum. Points, free throw percentage, assists are the three hardest categories to find early in drafts and late in drafts. And those three categories are basically his best categories. Plus, he gives you three plus threes per game. So he is really good at the things that are hard to find later in drafts, which to me elevates his value. And I think that we are falling asleep on Jordan Poole. Make sure if you are the team that's punting field goal percentage that he is on your target list because he is going to put up some big, big numbers this season. Number one. Who is number one on the top 10 sleepers? I have... Onyeka Okongwu. I'm not sure if many of you might have picked that, but Onyeka Okongwu is my number one sleeper for this season. His rank on Yahoo is 106. His ADP is 105.5. And on Fantrax, it is 88.3. He beat that ranking last season as a backup for the majority of the season. And there is a strong chance, in my opinion, that he comes out... And at some point this year starts for the Atlanta Hawks. They trade Clint Capella, who's already been in trade rumors this preseason. And But the thing is, even if he is not traded, last season in 23 minutes per game, he was the 78th ranked player. So you have 30 spots of wiggle room that even if he doesn't start, and he never starts throughout the season, you've got 30 spots of wiggle room at that ADP at 105.5 to get your equal value back. You draft him. He doesn't even have to be a starting 10 player for you. You can get someone else in the next round that's a bit safer, put him in there. So at 105, it is an absolute free swing at a player who could be a top 40 player this season if he gets a starting role. He's hitting threes in the preseason. I think at worst, he splits the minutes with Clint Capella. When he was playing under Coach Snyder last season, his block rate went up. His free throw percentage improved. He is efficient from the field. He can steal. He can get a few assists. He's not going to be a huge scoring guy. So remember that he's not going to come out and start averaging 23 points per game, but he will get rebounds, steals, blocks, field goal percentage. He will um, get a, a couple assists per game. He'll be efficient from the field and the free throw line. Low turnover guy. He will do a lot when it comes to fantasy basketball. And again, when you're drafting him near pick 100, it is an absolute free swing, in my opinion. And you have nothing but upside at that at that spot. And to me... This is a guy that, when I think about talent, 
I believe in his talents, different to someone like an Isaiah Jackson or like a um, Jalen Smith in the previous seasons where I was, you know, the opportunity was potentially there and the, the numbers were there, but I wasn't sold on the talent. This guy, he ticks all the boxes to me. The only thing he needs is those minutes and opportunity. And one way or another, I do think they come this season. And like we said, even if it doesn't at 105, at 106, it doesn't even matter. It's a free swing. So he is my number one fantasy basketball sleeper for this season. Let me know what your thoughts are down in the comment section below. Do you disagree with any of these players? Do you have someone that you think I've forgotten? Drop them down in the comment section over on YouTube. If you are new to the Fantasy Basketball channel here, the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball YouTube channel, make sure you guys are subscribed. Give this video a big thumbs up. Tell all your friends about the YouTube channel. Tell all your friends about the podcast. Go to ballboysnba.com. Get yourself a season guide. And we will see you next time for the top 10 bus. Let's go and I'll see you then. Bye.